0: I feel like I need to, like, perhaps take it back. Do you know The Land Before Time? You know that theme, my favourite movie? Was
1: that your favourite movie? I didn't know that. Okay,
0: was my favourite movie. (laughs) What's that? Let me get that theme song. Theme song of Land Before Time.
1: As long as we don't have to go to the Dora days.
0: Is that it? Surely it's got some words or something to it. I'm just setting the scene because we're going back to the dinosaur years of when you <laughs> first came into the aviation industry before life was good and I was in it.
1: Yeah. So way, way back when. Way like back when. When I had a life.
0: But hey, hey. I brought the life. Okay. Back into the dinosaur years when was your first introduction into the aviation industry?
1: we're going to go way, way, yeah, way Yeah, that's what back. I said,
0: the dinosaur years, like
1: okay, so land when before time. In high school, I think my brother was taking flying lessons because boys took flying lessons and girls didn't. My brother was going to be a pilot. And then fast forward a couple of years, I came over to Australia and I guess you'd call it a bit of a gap year when I decided I hated university and took a year off. And what were you doing at uni? I was doing a Bachelor of Science degree. Big dog. (laughs) I find it as funny as you do. (laughs) Um, I wasn't very good at it and actually it's funny back then I actually wanted to be a physio, didn't have the grades and really didn't have the grades to get into anything but I'd passed four high school science subjects. So I'd had a pass in biology, chemistry, physics and kinesiology Mm -hmm. for my senior. And because I'd past the subjects and we're talking scraped by. They actually offered me a space at university in a science program because they didn't have enough girls enrolled in science back then. Right. So I went because I didn't know what else to do and got there and realised, not my thing.
0: What university?
1: Uh, yeah. University of Guelph. Mm-hmm. It was a big vet science school, actually. It was a yep. bit cool. And my favourite subjects were computer programming, which back then... You're nerd, pretty <laughs> new, and I loved microeconomics. So yeah. really loved the business studies, but not enough to stay and finish degrees. So mm-hmm. I travelled, which was a lot of, mm, lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Introduced to uh, bachelor and spinster bowls and country race meetings and all the fun things that I see through your eyes these days. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Northwest Queensland is a pretty cool place to be when you're in your early twenties. Mm-hmm. Somehow met a pilot. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh, yeah, and hang on, hang on. And the rest is history.
0: I don't. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think I want to know no. the full story. Ugh. No. So you came over. What met dad? Where was? Where were you when you met dad? We met at the Cloncurry Airport. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. Met at the Cloncurry Airport and. Um, Introduced uh, through another friend who was also a pilot and is still a pilot. So another mm-hmm. helicopter pilot. He now flies jets, citations, cool. does organ transfers by jets and that. Wow. So Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so we've got a lot of friends um, going back 30 odd years now. That we all had a mutual interest in aviation because most of the guys were mustering pilots, and we had a fairly tight knit group where the guys would go off flying and the wives would stay home and sort of drink wine and <laughs> have a bit of fun. <laughs> While the boys were out working? <laughs> While the boys were out working, yeah. So it was a, a very different landscape then, but it's evolved, and a lot of those friends have now gone on to own their own aviation companies. So, again, the husbands were flying and the wives were staying at home and doing the bookings and doing the books and have gone on that their kids are now all pilots as well. So it's all come Mm -hmm. next generation. And so I've been surrounded by aviation for over 30 years. Um, It's just what we do, what our friends do, what our friends' kids do. It's just evolved in that it's just the way life is.
0: Yeah, and I suppose for me, like, my first memory of it was... When we came back to Townsville and then started up Townsville, Dad started up Townsville helicopters. So what was it? Kind of, I guess, I don't really have much memory from early years and Dad's, well, it wasn't his early aviation career, but when I was first here on the earth. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the start of the aviation career and how you and Dad kind of went from Dad just working and travelling around for pilot life and you just being introduced to the aviation industry, I guess... Not only through your brother, but then through dad mainly, Mm -hmm. and then so yeah, where did it kind of go from dad just working around you, traveling around you guys trying to (laughs) get the relationship wherever it was, and then yeah, to where it is today with Townsville Helicopters and the other four other brands that we've got.
1: Yeah, so I, I guess the short story is being a pilot can obviously involve a lot of travel, a lot away from home time, and. Can take its toll on yeah. a family. It, it's pretty demanding, and you know, I guess it's nearly a selfish industry where the pilot's away and the rest of the mm-hmm. family's at home, and it's not something we wanted to do forever. And we knew that Townsville didn't have a helicopter flying school. We felt there was a huge opportunity to base a helicopter flying school in Townsville, north-west west Queensland, to support the mastering industry mm-hmm. and to support the greater area with helicopter support. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of, I guess, a, a plan to retirement. Not actually a retirement plan, but a better lifestyle. Bet you're looking family. back on that going, for definitely yeah, not, not, a not a retirement plan. plan. <laughs> not a retirement plan. <laughs> yes, thank you. It, it was more a, a choice for the family that a flying school the pilots have the benefit of coming home every night so Mm -hmm. it's not so much a Monday to Friday nine to five job but it's still a job that gives people in the aviation industry the opportunity to spend more time with their family yeah to you know rebuild not so much rebuild the relationships but have the time with the family Mm -hmm. be home in their own bed every night bit more work-life balance to an extent (laughs) I don't know if that ever happens in aviation and then also the the opportunity to take all those years of knowledge and experience and give back to the next generation and make sure that there is a vital um, aviation pathway for the rest of the industry you can't be out mastering cows and you know working in mining camps forever it's not Mm-hmm. It's, it's a young person's game in, in that extent and a, a lot of the work that our company does today is, is really left better to those with, I guess, better reflexes and more stamina. Yeah. So the Flying School was an opportunity to, to create that longevity and career and a better work-life balance and we really felt that Townsville was twofold. It was going to be a great place to raise a family, you know, the lifestyle here for raising a family was perfect, but then there were also huge opportunities in the aviation space. So Mm -hmm. we started with one borrowed or cross-hired helicopter and, um, and a chief instructor and in the middle of the global financial crisis (laughs) lovely so when
0: we were so we moved over to Canada when I was two and then Mm -hmm. we lived there for a bit dad was flying in the Arctic flying back in Australia and then so that's when you made the decision when I was about five to come back to Townsville did we come back to Townsville knowing that we were going to be starting a flying school or was it we just wanted to build a family here and then being in Townsville that's when it all happened from there like what was the did we moved back over here for that? We we did actually <laughs> I just remember drinking right on the aeroplane and then getting the hiccups and that's all
1: I remember from that whole flight yeah. when I was five. So we moved over to Canada when you were two and mm-hmm. it was a five year plan that we'd either stay in Canada forever and get everything shipped over, or we'd come back. And mm-hmm. after about four years in Canada Your dad was doing a fire contract over here in Bunbury and I decided, no, that was it. We were coming back and I packed up everything and we moved I think Dad's got a bit of a different story. We might have to hear his side next episode. Um, But we moved back to Townsville and then, like, within weeks of moving to Townsville, your dad actually got a really good contract back in Canada. So (laughs) we were all here and then he ended up taking on, it was supposed to be a month-on, month-off job, In Canada, when things were just booming there, well, we were getting set up enough. But the plan was always to start a flying school in in Townsville. Mm -hmm. So he did two years of commuting back and forth to Canada while we lived here. Right. And then the GFC hit. And Mm. it was like, well, sort of nothing else to do. Let's start a flying school. So we were sort of forced into it because... You know, why keep chasing contract work sooner or later? You've got to go, yeah, well, we said we were going to do it. So we did it.
0: Yeah. And I saw – I was actually weird having your – I feel like having your parents on Instagram and TikTok is kind of weird. But then I saw on Dad's LinkedIn today and I was like, oh, we're really all on LinkedIn together? That's kind of weird. 15 years. Has it actually been 15 years? It
1: has been 15 years, yeah. going
0: way back, what has – I feel like that's just a massive blur. I remember painting – the doors and the walls in the little donger out the back which is now the student study room that was our whole office like that feels like just yesterday that I was painting those walls and somewhere in between 15 years it started as Townsville Helicopters and now it's grown to well obviously us sitting today with Aviatrix Australia and then Zephyr, Townsville Flight Training, all those different brands have come in between and you know I just tend to Block it all out a little bit and just <laughs> pretend that I don't really need to listen to the business chat. So, yeah, how from those fifteen years, from that day one when we started, what years ago, mm-hmm. to what was what was the timeline? How did it all pan out? So,
1: for years we just it, it grew very slowly, and a lot of businesses do. So we started with a, a borrowed helicopter in a um, in a small corner in the hangar we're in now. We had a month by month lease with um, Luckily, a, a really great, generous businessman who's no longer with us, Sir Mick Curtin. he absolute legend. He's responsible for half of Townsville, as it is now. Mm-hmm. It was his hangar that he generously said we could hire a corner of for a very reasonable rate. And um, we had an office there, and we battled and grew. And luckily, we've had a fabulous team around us of, of mm-hmm. people that trained with us that as we grew have stayed with us and we carried on like that for about 10 years where we just hired a small corner of the hangar we had a few machines we started growing our own fleet we had some great supporters and people that helped us with that and we slowly grew and grew I think it was around 2015 I'm not exactly sure the dates we um, were lucky enough to become the third party provider for TAFE so we had a TAFE contract to do flight training for TAFE which I guess gave a bit more security and longevity because they were like two and three year contracts and we continued along that path for a while and again if memory serves me correctly around 2017 we had an opportunity to buy the hangar where Mm -hmm. we are yeah which we still to this day have <laughs> no idea how we managed to do it but we I remember
0: <laughs> that time and I remember not wanting to be home when that was all going down yeah,
1: so it was actually a year of negotiating and securing the finance and mm-hmm. and making it happen and I won't go into the full background of yeah. why it was such a technical deal but what we've ended up with is a freehold hangar attached to an airport so it's mm-hmm. it's not on airport land it's our own land it's our own space our own space and whatever. and at that time we thought we were going to need an anchor tenant. We didn't think we'd ever fill it. We had like a few helicopters and we were used to using the office at the back and it was really stressful because we thought we'd need
0: more more
1: planes in there because it, it's a big space. And We just didn't know
0: how we would get through with yeah. having just this little flying school that had about two to three students every intake yeah. to now filling a whole hangar.
1: Yeah, so... And then things happened quickly. Um, I think we renewed the TAFE contract and then we were approached to do airplane training for TAFE as well and that was a space we'd never been in. Mm -hmm. We actually offered that contract to some other local businesses who Mm -hmm. said no, they didn't want it. Um, So we quickly then became an airplane training company as well, be based on our relationship and past history with TAFE. So, they so were then it became Townsville Flight Training. So, it became Townsville Flight Training. And then it's like, well, we've got airplanes and <laughs> we've got pilots. Um, you know, we don't just have to do flight training. It can be a bit like Townsville Helicopters where we can go, oh, well, you want to go to Hamilton Island or you want to go to Cairns. We can do that for Airwork, you. Airwork, charter training, anything that the anything. aircraft can do. So, yeah, we've got a plane, we've got pilots. Like, we may as well make the use of it. And then we thought, well, no one's going to want to fly to Hamilton Island with a pilot that has a badge on saying Townsville, Townsville flight, flight training, <laughs> <laughs> and thought, well, this isn't, this isn't good. This isn't going to work. Um, and luckily, I was allowed to name it. So we came up with Zephyr Australia, and Zephyr. You know, I keep thinking of the Led Zeppelin song "Flying on a Zephyr." A zephyr. Don't start singing, please. I'm not going (laughs) to sing. We'll let the boys voice it over for us. Um, A a zephyr, Robbie. Don't sing either, please. (laughs) Is is a cool breeze, so it's a gentle breeze. Is Mm -hmm. a zephyr. So Zephyr Australia was sort of it's it's my sort of one of my babies, Ah, one of my passions, and I'm lucky now that as of last week I get to learn how to be the ops manager for Mm -hmm. for fair so exciting times ahead but that's sort of the quick condensed version of oh,
0: 15 years 15 years <laughs> to where we Business. are now
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then where does aviatrix australia slot in there so that's
1: one of my another other b- one of your best ba- so you're just going to start calling it all your own they're all, my yep, own. all right no. fine you yes. can have that right no so <laughs> again this one's funny because I've never considered myself a feminist. Mm-hmm. I refused to go to women-only networking events. I didn't believe I didn't want to be in a room where my peers weren't. I felt that to be equal and to form a society that's inclusive, we don't exclude anyone.
0: Exactly. Yeah. We
1: don't want men's only groups, so we can't have women's only groups. I just it it went against every core belief in my body, so I refused to I guess attend and support Women Day events because I thought it's not the way forward. Yeah, And I have felt that very strongly for many, many years. I'd, I'd only go to networking events that I felt were balanced and inclusive or I'd rather be the only female in the room than have someone be the only male in the room. I just thought it wasn't how we mm-hmm. change society and I'd, I hope that I raised you and your brother to feel that it didn't matter what your gender was that you could do whatever you wanted and you shouldn't Mm -hmm. be treated differently because of it so 2018 international (laughs) women's day all my friends and everyone was out at all these great lunches celebrating you know women and I was just like no not going and I was stopping by the hangar as I do most days just to Pop in and say hello and drop off the mail and see what everyone was doing. And I walked in and it hit me literally like a slap in the face that we had zero females enrolled Mm -hmm. in that intake. Females,
0: identified females, no no one.
1: No one. It it was Mm -hmm. very, very male-orientated and we'd had the odd female through in the past and they'd never... I guess, expressed that they felt uncomfortable in the environment. We mm-hmm. never treated anyone differently. Differently, But when something hits you that hard that this is really unbalanced mm-hmm. and wrong, and then I guess I'll give my other little plug, that the world is facing an extreme shortage of pilots. Mm-hmm. You know, take that as you will. Yes, we have a flying school and people may think that we yeah. just want to promote it it's true and you can save that for another podcast Mm -hmm. i guess on the value of aviation Mm -hmm. to society that's a whole nother spirit that's a whole other one so but we need pilots and if 50 percent of the population aren't considering it a career choice then we're going to have a massive problem there's Mm -hmm. just not going to be enough people so we went home and that night I talked about it at length with your dad about what could we do Mm -hmm. and we talked around, you know, female-only intakes and all different things and we just felt that wasn't the way to go, that that wasn't going to solve anything or fix Mm -hmm. anything.
0: Just create more issues.
1: So, I, you know... I love creating brands I love <laughs> <Clearly>. naming brands <laughs> and you know registering domain names and registering business oh names. Oh I those. don't know yeah. how many of them we have. <laughs> yeah so um, after you know lots of searching and looking for the perfect name I came across Aviatrix mm-hmm. and the name Aviatrix Australia was available um, and I registered it and Got the logo designed and, and was so passionate about so many parts of it and was really excited and went back and spoke to the team about making sure that whenever, you know, a prospective student called up if they were female, to make them feel welcome and and encouraged to come out. like it, it And I... I remember the number of times I'd be at there and they'd be like, we've, we've had a phone call from a prospective female and they really got on board to make sure that... That everyone felt comfortable. That everyone felt mm-hmm. comfortable out there and that they were doing their best to make sure that they weren't letting any biases interfere, that it, it was a, gonna, going to be a safe space for everyone, the mm-hmm. training school. So I did that and I registered it and sort of created a, a Facebook page and all that and then imposter syndrome hit. Mm the dreaded imposter syndrome. So whenever I'd start talking to people about Aviatrix, they'd say, oh, do you fly? you say, no, I just, I'm just the
0: passenger. I just sip champagne That's in right. the passenger seat. But so, so yes, I fly.
1: So yes, I fly. <laughs> in style. So um, I really struggled with promoting it. And it sort of, it, w- it was there. And it just sort of sat in the background. And it was always my vision for it to be a young, fresh, vibrant brand... <laughs> Um, because, and, and this isn't taking away from the other organisations that do a great thing. You know, mm-hmm. we've got the Women's Pilot Association and... Um, women in Aviation Women Australia. in Aviation yeah. Australia and yep. women. And there's all these great organisations, but a lot of them you, you have to pay to be a member or they're very geared to women that are already in the, in the industry. industry. Um, and, and has a bit of an, uh, dare I say, it, an, an older look. Mm-hmm. and i thought we're not going to try and compete with people who are already working with compete yeah. with people we want we want the little kids to be excited about being pilots i want the the 15 year old that's struggling with what am i going to do to think oh i could get a job in aviation whether that's mm-hmm. a pilot or an engineer or you know supporting in some way so i just wanted a a young fresh funky brand that people would be proud to wear mm-hmm. just to create conversations. Yeah. And I guess life got busy, life got in the way and I didn't do with it what I could. And Because a lot of people think that you, being the
0: family business, that you've been at the hangar every day full-time working, you only just what, I'm, I'm counting the days because two it's weeks. getting to me sharing an office, but <laughs> yes. two weeks that you...
1: Um,
0: First of February. First of February, you two started weeks. at the hangar full time and you yeah, had a totally different career pathway before that. So hence why yeah Aviatrix probably wasn't on the top of the list because you had an actual full time job. That's right. That wasn't the family business. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it was it was two things. Yes, I had a full time job. Yes, I didn't work in aviation full time even though it's an absolute passion and something I think I would have done when I was younger if I had the opportunity. Like I remember go- loving going to air shows, and I'd go into flying air shows. And so sad I'm missing the Gold Coast. Ride. I know. Oh. <laughs> so like I love aviation, I love everything about it, but it just was never my career. Mm-hmm. And and I really do believe we come back to that imposter syndrome that I I didn't feel it was for me to to do yeah I, I built it i create it but it it's not for me it, it is for the next generation
0: mm-hmm. so then what just kind
1: of left it on the side for a couple of years just left it on the shelf every now and then i'd you know send a hat out to a girl that was getting a flight review and try and get someone to take a photo and send it back so we could create i guess Again, you can't be what you can't see, so if we could Mm -hmm. get a photo of a girl in an aviatrix cap and put it on a Facebook page, well, then we -hmm. could start a conversation, hopefully, um, but really didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Really struggled with, you know, I wasn't the right person to go to career expos or talk at schools or you are everyone loves hearing you talk everyone's (laughs) like when's
0: Michelle gonna get on the takeover and it's like when it's my takeover and people like cool this was nice but when is Michelle up and I'm like okay (laughs) I'll get her up next week it's fine Georgie I am more fun (laughs) than you hey oh no we're not opening that we're not opening that that up for discussion no no next yep moving on from that moving
1: on (laughs) um so I guess I'm really excited to see that you, I guess, were devastated by my level of social media qualifications <laughs> <laughs> or um, that, that you decided to identify with the brand mm-hmm. and that... I
0: think it's just something, yeah, you know, well, you say I stole it from you. No. But I'd say I kind of just naturally wandered into it I trying to help s- out. I would say
1: you stole it and I'd hate <laughs> to say that it sort of um, was built for you. But it was built for your generation. Mm-hmm. And it makes me so excited to see you and and that next generation of pilots really identifying with it. Mm-hmm. And it that, you know, I'm gonna get teary. Oh, God gosh, forbid. Don't I know. Teary. Um, but that really fills my heart because it wasn't built for me. It was it was built for you, but at the same token I don't want anyone to ever think that we forced you to do this we yeah. might have forced you to do your first flying lesson
0: um, <laughs> I remember dad like on father's day I gave him a little thing and it was like I will do a flying lesson
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will eventually
0: I will do a flying lesson with you <laughs> yeah yeah I remember because I was again walked into the hangar and I was doing my flight training and it I was the only one who identified female in my class and you know it didn't bother me I had so much support from everyone in the school, the students, everyone, we all got along really well, you know, Mm. we'd hang out on Friday afternoons together, it just felt like a wonderful vibe and I did start to wonder, it's like maybe, you know, it is just me because I've grown up in the family and it's the family business, so you know, maybe it's me, only me who feels comfortable and then I just got really stuck, I was like, why the heck, Uh, other girls not wanting to do this like why do I not have other classmates that are like me I suppose you know they're all ringers from the top end and stuff and no one was really dressed in Lorna Jane tights and a pink top and I was the only one so then yeah I started to wonder and it was how can I reach out to other people and tell them that this is a good career path because for me it was if you want to be a helicopter pilot it's seen as just mustering you're just a mustering pilot or if you want to be a fixed-wing pilot, an aeroplane pilot, you just go into the airlines. And then when I was doing my training, I realised the amount of different career pathways available and I thought, well, maybe this is why people aren't in the industry is because they are only thinking of those two pathways, which is what I only really thought. And then so that's when I wanted to go on social media and just start sharing the stories of other people. So I remember in my training I sat down on office chair and it was oh, I think it was November or October three years ago now 2019 and I oh, maybe 2020 2019 I think it was and I sat on your office chair and I said we're gonna start a takeover Tuesday and you were like doing your typing as you don't really listen to me when you're on your computer. And they're like, yep, that sounds good. And I was like, no, we're going to do Takeover Tuesday and we're going to reach out to women all across Australia. It's not just going to be for people in our hangar because it was just for students in our hangar. And I was like well, it's Aviatrix Australia. It's not Aviatrix Townsville. So, you know, we need to share stories from people all over the the nation. And then I was like, yeah, we're going to do Takeover Tuesday and we're going to have someone on every week sharing a day in their life because that was trending. And, you know, I loved the social media. So to have, I always wanted to own a business when I was growing up, probably because I had parents who were owning a business and now knowing more of owning a business I don't know if I want to own a business (laughs) but (laughs) I was like yep cool this is a business that I can take on I can you know jump on the socials start running this and then it just kind of flourished from there and I started hearing stories from people all across Australia, I think we had Rosie. Rosie was our first Takeover Tuesday, and then that was getting really good response. And you know, by sharing other people's stories, it then shares with their network, and then you suddenly get more people involved, and then more people find out about you, and then they can start conversations. You know, the people who have been on our socials can then start conversations about the brand which then I really loved because it was spreading really quickly and more and more people were finding out about this little business that just came from our hangar. And then that's what I really loved jumping into. So I think that's why it kind of had that fun take on it because it was social media. Social media is growing in our day and age. And a lot of, excuse me, businesses, I guess, in the aviation industry are a lot of older people who have been in there for a long time. So social media was our point of difference, that not a lot of people were doing a lot in the aviation industry on the gram so by using that and taking that on is how we could reach more people and now yeah we get to do coffee catch-ups and have cocktail nights and see everyone from all across the globe which is just so cool like literally have people from over in America tagging us and I think we've got one from oh I think she's from Scotland or
1: something it's mm. yeah really I cool. know we definitely have a few of the ladies over in New Zealand and yes of course New Zealand yeah yeah, so and it, it's fun, and I get really excited now about you know when I am out and I run into a female pilot, and we can just say, "Hey, you're doing a great job." That mm-hmm. just it it makes me really excited. And as I said, I didn't start this for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I I really wanted to do it for the future of aviation. Mm-hmm. We if if it's going to be a <sighs> A healthy industry, Mm -hmm. it needs needs a balanced representation and change, Mm -hmm. and it needed to be welcoming and safe and inclusive and fun. Yes. You know, no one wants to do anything (laughs) that's not
0: fun. Yes, I think Emma has a little point on our website, and she said, if it's not fun, then you need to change something. Aviation should always be fun. If it's not, change something. Change your flight school, change your instructor, change your career within the industry. If it's not fun, don't do it because life should be fun. And that's why we do it is because it is so much fun. And that's why we encourage it to everyone else because it's just has so many different opportunities that are available. And I think when you said, you know, it is for the next generation of people growing up. I love that because that was, you guys always brought me up to think that I could do anything I wanted. And I love that we get to teach the next generation as well, that it is, you can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter who you are, what you identify as. If you want to do it, you can do it. And I think- that's what we are really trying to push, and I love that because I can push that because I was brought up that way. Yeah. yeah. Now
1: we just have to go, Georgie. You can do anything you want, but here's your budget. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you can do anything you want, but we're going to take the company card off you today. <laughs> you were the one asking for my company card today, so don't even know, put this. i I'd already me. maxed my <laughs> I Have to do something about the limit. <laughs> no. Well, that is that is a lot of business chat. If there's one thing if someone out there was trying to start a small business you clearly have loved to do that start your own brand so what's one piece of like advice to give people starting up a business what's the first thing you got to do what's how how have you kind of navigated it
1: I think you have to find something that's authentic to you Mm -hmm. you can't replicate what someone else has done and think you're going to have success at it you've got to find something that really rings true you and th- the best TED talk ever assignment Simon Sinek and find your why and if you're going to start a small business you have to have a very clear why and mm-hmm. it can't be to make a heap of money there has mm-hmm. to be something that resonates true with with yourself and if it solves a problem that's even better mm-hmm. so my advice would be, if if it's right for you, it's going to be right for someone else. Yeah, I love that. And um, and I guess the other thing I've heard so many times is it's darkest just before the light. So it's not going to be a bed of roses. You're mm-hmm. going to have to find rock bottom in, in several ways um, before... Things is rock get bottom, better. Is rock bottom when I was
0: trying to set up the Shopify and you had to walk in and just sit there for a day so I didn't scream at anyone yeah, who came yeah.
1: through the so, office. and the, and there's lots of days like that. And yeah. and it's not. And then when it's good, it's not going to stay good forever. Mm-hmm. There's going to be something that happens. So, I think if you look at any business, what you're seeing on the surface isn't what actually is happening underneath. There's mm-hmm. you know definitely ducks paddling and icebergs and all those different things. But I think if you can keep going back to y- your why mm-hmm. and why are you doing it and what problem is it solving, then it's going to be okay. Mm.
0: And I love how I think our why has changed throughout. We're celebrating five years on the 25th of March. So I think, yeah, that why can also change and develop but keep keep going back to that why. If it's changed, go back to it. You know, our why was, you know, get more people in the school and start promoting it across Townsville and now our why is making a community that is comfortable and making the industry welcoming to all so yeah I think the why is definitely very important because it'll shape your business and your goals. Yeah as long
1: as the why solves a problem I Mm. think
0: it's that's the main thing. Yeah so what's been your favourite part of the five years of Aviatrix
1: coming into it? I think my favourite part has been watching the Takeover Tuesdays Mm. and you've just grown that to such an amazing community and, and seeing how it's engaging with everyone out there. I think my other favourite was seeing your little kid's Saying, I want to be like Georgie when I grow up. I'm going to be a pilot. Oh,
0: I'm going to cry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're we are both crying. cry on the first we're episode. We're both crying. Robbie's going to uh, be like, oh, no. golly
0: gosh, what podcast am I about to get
1: myself um, into? Whole season ahead of us and we're already crying on episode crying. one. Great. So I, I think it's seeing the fact that it is making a difference mm. and it's open to conversation and we've created a really safe – fun welcoming space I guess the other was you know we, just at coffee last week when we had a, a new um, student. student at our school join us for coffee and she said what a, a fun open bunch we were and it wasn't just all pilot chat like everyone mm. was just yeah no we literally don't need that getting we together for that. a coffee yeah. and and being friendly and inclusive and welcoming mm-hmm. that that to me was what it's all about mm. like so there's been lots of highlights but um, I think the best is yet to come. So you're our very first,
0: speaking of what's to come, you're our very first guest on the podcast. How are you feeling about the podcast and this new venture for Aviatrix Australia which is now Aviatrix Airwaves on the air?
1: I'm Bobby. really excited and I hope more than one person <laughs> listens. <laughs> what, not just you? <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll have it on replay, but I probably won't because I'll hate the sound of my voice. <laughs> um, That's normal. I I just hope that people are encouraged by our story and to not let imposter syndrome get the better of them mm-hmm. or if they're really struggling, find someone who'll, who will carry the baton for them. Yeah. Say, listen, you know... I've done this for you.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, thank you. Well, I think that is a wonderful wrap up of the fifteen years. I don't know how long we've been yapping on for, but <laughs> it feels hopefully like that gives. <laughs> it feels like fifteen years. <laughs> That's how fast it went. Honestly, that fifteen years, I, I still can't believe that there's been that much time. Now I feel old. You feel so old. you should like really
1: really feel old yeah <laughs> my natural highlights are coming through
0: <laughs> no thank you for sharing the history for everyone so hopefully people can kind of get an idea of what we are and who we are and what we're about to share on this whole season of aviatrix airwaves so yes thank you very much and if people want to follow along um takeover tuesdays which is another favorite one of michelle's favorite things then you can head to at aviatrix underscore australia on our instagram every week we showcase a new story around oz and definitely keep up with the new potty i can't believe we're at the end of the first episode thank you for jumping on being my guest i would say you have a
1: choice but you didn't really have a choice I to t- come on
0: here no yes. i just dragged
1: you in here but i'm just gonna have to say thac- thank you captain g oh so <laughs> all good <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you